Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast, sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. <laughs> All right, everybody. So how's it going? <laughs> welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast. We've been babbling off camera and it carried right into the recording. So I want we're you to make sure this feels real. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, we want to continue babbling, uh, make you feel like we're just two dudes sitting in your living room until you hear that we're Calvinists and then you kick us out of your house. That looked a lot. That sounded much like Jehovah's Witnesses. Like, hey, can we tell you about Tulip? And then we come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hello. I'm a Mormon elder. I'd like to uh, talk to you today about Kolob and um jehovah and god and how christ is a different god and how I mean, god the father had a father and yeah, he had a father too and then he right. had a father yeah. and i'm really actually preaching provided we have church and even if we don't we'll probably live stream it but i'm actually preaching topically about mormonism this week so we have we have a big lds group that meets like i think their church is not even a half mile from here and so if we're going to be a missional church we need to understand you know the mission field if you'd like to hear this episode head over to uh um well it won't be up until sunday afternoon probably well, but this but... won't air until april so it'll be up <laughs> hillsidebaptist.org there you go <laughs> we we record months in advance yeah Right, right. Yeah. So anyway. Perseverance of the saints, everybody. That's the subject matter of the day. Welcome. All right. You're you're in or you're out. You're not in and then out. That's the that's the whole idea behind that. Michael, you and I both grew up worried to death. I was going backslide. Man, I just lose it. If I hope every day that I can wake up and not sin so I know for sure that I'm not going to not be a Christian after I've become a Christian. I don't want to lose my salvation. Newsflash, it wasn't yours to lose. I think when I was, uh, when we were in youth group, I became a Christian like 15 times. Right, man. Oh, yeah, the altar was just full, let alone camp time, bro. That's like every night someone would speak and it'd be like power i'm going up you know saved again gonna rededicate my life to jesus which i guess that's a thing right but but man i don't know how many times it was like i saved deuce yeah i i i was so worried and in fact this this doctrine right here the uh opposite of this doctrine right here the whole idea that you can actually lose your salvation this is the doctrine that actually at the end of the day made me go, you know what? I'm out. I'm just going to do whatever I want for a while. I'm going to uh, drink a lot and have sex. This is the one that party. did it for you? Yeah, it is. Because oh, okay. I was tired, man. Yeah. I mean, I know the story. I know the story. But yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I just, I, I spent, you know, well, you know, like we spent so much time and I tried and tried and tried and tried to do the right things and be good and do everything. And it just got like after a while, like, man, I just failed again for the 200 billionth time. 
this month, I quit. Like I can't do this. And so this is the thing. It like thinking that, that it was an actual real thing that I could lose my salvation after I've gained it. That sent me over the edge because after a while, it's like, I don't, I don't know. Am I saved? Am I not saved? I'm just going to sin tomorrow. Why try anymore? So I'm much happier knowing what scripture says uh, that it's in fact impossible. If you are a Christian, you can't do anything, no matter what, that will cause you to lose your salvation. Yeah. And, I, well, and with that, I think we need to put a caveat in here. Um, much like Paul put a caveat in Romans where it said, you know, do we just sin all the more? No. By no means. Yeah. So uh, with that, because that's a lot. So I've, I have a lot of talks with a lot of different people. And that's one of the things that comes up a lot is, well, well doesn't that just mean rampant sin everywhere? Well, if you're, if you're purposefully going out and just rampantly sinning, thinking that, hey, I'm, I'm good, you weren't good in the first place. So yeah. It's probably uh, evidence that you're not a Christian yeah. in the beginning. You're living on a ticket that ain't the ticket you think it is. Um, so it's that, 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 I think, is super easily refuted to where it's one of those things that when you understand, like you said, and I, th I think that does drive a lot of people away because it's a matter like – Everybody knows that you can you can white knuckle it long enough to 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 almost maintain some semblance of I'm okay, but eventually you're just like this isn't fun. Like there's no joy in salvation there for you. Yeah. You don't, I mean you're just you are literally trying really hard, and it's not working. Um, and I think honestly this is too a lot of people that used you know went to church a lot and you know, they're like, well, this is stupid. This is fake. This isn't worth it. Um, go off on because they're like, you know, well, why try? Why, why do this? If, if it's not, it's, it's not making my life better. It's just making me more stressed. Yeah. Um, whereas if you understand, like we've talked about where you walk through it all, that if it is God that come and gets you because you can't reach him, if it's the fact that he has called you and you are elected by no means of your own and that, there's that he has died for you and that that knowing that you're just drawn into his grace then he's going to keep you like he, he there, there's not again I, I i like how these all tie together and the way that they're in order because if his grace is irresistible and he's and he's already chosen you and you had nothing to do with any of that anyway what makes you think that you can then walk away when you didn't have anything to do? The math don't add up. Yeah, it doesn't. You're right. So. Yeah, it's it's very much a, if one of these things is true, these things are true. You know, and um, some of it, some of it, I'll admit, is hard to swallow. It's weird. It's difficult. It's like, man. But and we we're in America, which makes it even more difficult to believe because like we earn everything. We we have to earn everything. If you're, uh, you know, if you're not Bernie Sanders, you're uh, earning everything that you, you know, like the whole idea that you're going to get some comments just from that. I, I, just, I just, I was like, man, he ain't sorry. a Bernie bro. <laughs> Apparently he ain't a Bernie bro. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm not feeling the burn for those of you who are listening. Um, but, uh, you know, this whole idea, like the American dream, the capitalism, all the stuff that we are born and raised in 
is earn it, earn it, earn it, earn it. And, and you have to earn it, you know, like at some point, if you don't have a job, you don't eat. And that's even biblical, right? Like you work and God created Adam and said, here, work the garden. That was before the fall, right? Like we were created to work and to, to do stuff. And so um, this is a difficult one for us, I think, because one, we want to have a say in our salvation, which is part of the, the issue with the other pieces of this puzzle, right? Is we, we desperately want control. We desperately want to have a say. And, um, and so the, the whole idea behind me being able to lose my salvation, um, that, that causes so much stress. Mm-hmm. If you, if you truly actually believe that, that causes so much stress. And like, I think that you worded it really well when you said there's no joy in salvation mm-hmm. and there's no joy in a salvation that I can lose by my choices. Um, one of the guys, I don't remember if it was RC Sproul or Steve Lawson, but it's something that all of them would say and believe. But one of them, I heard them say once, if I could lose my salvation, I would. I think if anyone could lose their salvation, they would, because mm-hmm. there's no one that's holy. And at what point is, um, this is, we're not even in scripture yet, but, but at, at what point is, um, at what point is it uh, something that's going to make me lose it? Because I, I mean, you and I both and everyone who's listening to this, whether they would admit it or not, we're all going to um, sin probably 50 times today, probably 50 times the next hour in some way, shape or form. We're just going to, we're going to sin. We're not perfect. We're fallen people. We're part of a broken, fallen, sinful world. And so we're going to sin. So what sin is it that is going to make me lose my salvation? You know, like, is there a line at what point? That's not in scripture. So, you know, how do we know that? Yeah. Well, thankfully, we got, um, (laughs) we have the Bible who, uh, I think for me, the single strongest uh, verse that brings me comfort in this is that uh, that uh, one that we used last time at John 10, uh, 26 through 29, where Jesus says, um, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them. It's not you that gains eternal life from your works. I give eternal life to them, he says. And they will never perish, he says, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. That includes you and me, right? He's greater than all. And no one, these next two words are important, no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. That's case closed for me. That, that means that no matter what you do, no matter how bad you biff it, you are not even capable of snatching yourself from the Father's hand and now all of a sudden being unsaved. Mm-hmm. One, after you have been born again, you now wear the righteousness of who? Jesus. Jesus, right? So uh, if, I'm, if I'm wearing the righteousness of Christ... If I've truly been regenerate, I'm transformed, I'm a new person. It doesn't mean my flesh is all gone. It just means I'm a new person with, new, with a new heart, right? 
uh, if that's true, and I wear the righteousness of Christ, well, then when God looks at me, even at my ugliest moments, he sees the righteousness of Christ. That's the whole thing. That's what makes it irresistible, right? Like that's, that's the beauty of the whole gospel is that, um, man, what, when as dark and black as my heart is, um, that God redeemed me. And now when he looks at me, like I'm adopted, I'm a child of God. And that's not just some cliche thing that we say. That's like, that's real. Like we're ro- we're part of the most royal family in the history of anything. So I, you know, Dallas, my son, no matter how bad he jacks up, he's my son. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, if, if I disown him, guess what? He's actually still my son. Yeah. So for those of you who are Amish and listening to this on electronics, what are you doing and you disown your you know maybe the amish mafia they're probably anyway Uh oh um that was such a stupid show anyways (laughs) aren't all shows on tlc stupid yeah yeah you're probably right yeah i don't get tlc but i've i've seen that before and what a disgrace to screens anyway um i this this whole thing like it i think the thing that people people see all these Calvinistic views and they think that's so constraining. Like I have literally no control if this is all true and that's good news for me. Right. Because the more control I have, the more I'm just going to screw it all up. I'm glad I'm not in the steering wheel of this car. Yes. Yeah. This is, this is so much more liberating for me than it is, you know, feeling like I'm being handcuffed. Um, well, to think, know and have confidence that I can't lose my salvation, even though I'm going to mess up tomorrow. Yeah. That's a well, big deal. So that's, a, like we said already, that's a big distinction that we, that you've made there. When I'm new, I, you know, there, there's a newness there. So it's not this, like we've already talked about this desire to just do whatever I want and think that I'm still saved because obviously you're not saved if you're doing that, but also right. it alleviates this, like you said, this, um, when you know, that that he's got you because he's called you there's so much it it takes you away from this works-based salvation of well i've got to do this this and this or you know he's i don't know what's going to happen um so it's not that i go to church because i have to it's go to church because i want to i want to be with the body i want to worship my king it's not that i give because i'm supposed to give my 10 percent. it's because i give because i want to sow into the kingdom i want to see i want to see his kingdom expanded Um, it's not that I'm kind to my neighbor or the person at the grocery store because I better be, because if I'm not, then God won't be kind to me. It's because I have a new heart and I'm kind because of what he's done for me. Not because I'm obliged or chained to this thing. It's, it's, I'm doing it not because not out of obligation, but because of a new desire inside of myself. Yeah. It's, it's, it can easily drive. This is the biggest issue I see where this idea that I can lose my salvation, it, it drives you to want a workspace salvation or worse, just so far away from God because he seems mean and he seems like he's all he's waiting for you to do. Like he's, he's, he is there literally waiting to drop the hammer on you. <laughs> just do one thing. Just I'm gonna, I'll wait because you're going to screw. I'll just wait. I'll wait. Just do it. And he's just waiting to drop that hammer. 
one of the things I don't have in the notes, but I was discussing with somebody actually just yesterday that plays into this is in Romans 8, uh, 35 through 39. And it says, who shall separate us from the love of God shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword. Uh, as it is written for the sake, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep for the slaughter. No, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am sure neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor heights nor depths nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ our Lord. And again, that doesn't necessarily tie directly into this preservation of the saints, but it does speak to the fact that God, there, there's nothing that's going to be able to come in between you and what the finished work on the cross has done for you. Um, even though there's so much stuff that seems like, oh no, this might affect it. Paul is reassuring the Romans and then us through that, that no, like just be at ease at it. Like you don't have to stress about it. There, there's literally nothing. And he, he mentions angels and we talked about angels last time in the irresistible grace. Like even like these amazing things, these amazing created beings that everyone else in scripture when they see like literally cannot stand, like nothing is what he said. Nothing's going to separate you from this love. Um, and I just find that, that that's so very reassuring because I think this idea, and maybe correct me here if maybe we were taught, maybe if you perceive this differently when we were growing up, but the idea was that, hey, you know, if you, maybe if you screw up just a little, say a little or prayer, <laughs> whereas if you <laughs> screw up really big, you might need to come all the way to the altar. For that and if you really really messed up we're, we'll have a couple people come around you and lay their hands on you because you're going to need some extra extra pair <laughs> and it's yeah. just this idea that there's this layers of you know well you just there's always this continually coming back to the lord and saying i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry and i'm not saying that that's not necessarily I mean, you do need to live with the heart of repentance i'm not saying that you don't do that uh, but this idea that I've lost it now I have to come get it again. Uh, yeah. was pretty prevalent really. Yeah. And the whole, like just the, the whole idea that this is another instance that kind of, uh, seals the deal for me that we, um, that Arminianism views man as not a whole lot less powerful than God is, <laughs> Just that you, um, it, if the cross of Jesus Christ, which is the single, like it's the, the main thing that has ever happened in all the history of the world, everything before pointed to it, everything after points back to it. It's, it's the whole story. And if that is something that I accept. Um, I'm a Christian. He has redeemed me. I'm a transformed new person. And now, so two points, if that all is true, and now I can choose, no, 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 this is better. I'm going to put that away. And I have the power to do that. Well, then that actually takes a lot of the power away from mm -hmm. um, what Christ did. It means that it wasn't actually that powerful in the first place. It wasn't that big of a deal. If it's something that I can give or take. Powerful because you get the end word. 
Right. Yeah. And um, I, it's it just it doesn't seem like that's even something that makes sense when you think of God and who He is. That um, man, once once He has you, He's got you. And I think some of the some of the um, language, even in Scripture, some of the word pictures that are used, even paint the same picture and, and it's, you know, elect, for instance. Um, it, it's not like, uh, it's not like the American elections, right? Where you can be impeached or you can be uh, unelected. There's not another election in four years. Like you're one of the elect period. Uh, if God predestines you for adoption, which, Paul clearly talks about in Ephesians chapter one, if God has predestined you for adoption, there's nothing within you. There's no amount of frustration with God because this happened in my life after you've been regenerated. There's no amount of that feeling, which does happen to regenerate people. Mm -hmm. um, no amount of that, that, that you're so powerful that now you can become unelect or unpredestined. God before the foundation of the world predestined you, if that's true, who are you to think that by some sin or by some struggle that you've had or some whatever falling, uh, all of a sudden now you're not a Christian. Now you've taken control of that situation, even though from the before the foundation of the world, God has determined that. That's crazy, man. And I think the, the biggest thing um, language-wise that paints that picture for me is when Jesus talks to Nicodemus about the new birth. That's a pretty terrible analogy if you can just be unborn again. Like, yeah. even Nicodemus, he didn't understand the analogy because he, in his mind, Okay, so how am I going to go back to mama and then be born all over again? What are you even talking about? Because he knew that that was ludicrous, that that couldn't happen. That was I can't. There's no way I can do that. That's not. So if you're if you're uh, a newborn, if you're have experienced the new birth and you're born again, yeah. then it's just as ludicrous to say oh, I can be unborn again. <laughs> so let's. Um so this isn't too long of an episode. Uh, let's deal with the inevitable question because it will come up uh, of the people that, for example, maybe had, and it's happened a lot within this last two years, especially we've seen like an uptick of people. Well, publicly, I guess it's probably pretty similar, but there's been an uptick of people that are, that were in the church for a really long time. Some of them were pastors. Some of them uh, were just really well-known people and they, they kids dating goodbye. <laughs> they've left the faith right so yeah. they've apostatized they've said you know i don't believe this anymore and uh you know i'm sorry for all the mean things i said when i was a christian and they've left uh, the the question inevitably comes up especially when we're dealing with this theology uh between armenians and Calvinists. so were they uh were they ever saved or uh or not based upon we've got to really flesh that out because that's obviously the other side of it so yeah, so that's a great question, and it actually is one of the main, probably, criticisms of this part of the theology, right? Hebrews 6, 4 through 8 is where a lot of the whole apostate kind of stuff comes from. 
Hebrews 6, 4 through 8 says this, For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good work of God um, and, the, and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucify uh, to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. For ground that drinks the rain which often falls on okay so this is what he's talking about um is people like i'll just say joshua harris he's one of the more famous cases that you're talking about and the answer to the question is is he a, a was he a christian or not and that the answer to that is when you meet jesus you will know because if he is a Christian, if he was actually a Christian, then you will watch Joshua Harris come back. Even if it's on his deathbed, you will watch him come back to Christ and uh, proclaim that he is Lord and that he was wrong and that he was running because he was angry or whatever that looks like. If he was not actually a Christian, well, then this is just the real Josh Harris coming out, mm -hmm. period. There's no, there's no picture of someone who has become a christian there's no picture who uh let's see jesus uh says all that the father gives me will come to me and the one who comes to me i will certainly not cast out um no one can come to me unless the father who sent him draws him and i will this is pretty confident statement from jesus uh, unless the father who sent me draws him and i will raise him up on the last day so uh, all, all of these, the, this stuff that Jesus is saying, this is non-negotiable truth out of the mouth of Jesus Christ. So if that's true, then we have to understand Hebrews in light of this other stuff that's really plain mm -hmm. from Jesus. Um, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. If Jesus is that confident, then you cannot lose your salvation. It's not yours to lose. God saved you, and God is the one who will preserve you as a Christian. So what's Hebrews talking about? Who is Hebrews talking about? Hebrews is simply talking about people who have uh, heard the gospel. They've played. The, the, the obvious picture for us in our day and age is these people who have heard the gospel, they've played church, they've done all the right looking stuff, but they've never actually even um, been a Christian. They're the people in Matthew who Jesus says, um, or who say to Jesus, oh, we did all this stuff for you in your name and all that. And then Jesus looks at them and says, look, I never knew you. Right. I, I never knew. Yeah, sure. You did all this stuff, but you didn't even know me. We didn't even know each other. Right. Like we were never uh, a thing. <laughs> like that's that's the picture. Well, and a lot of that when, when, I'm, when we're talking about this, what comes up a lot, um, what I think of, too, is so we're talking in Matthew chapter 13, the whole parable of the sower. And you go through all of this yeah. sowing on the ground and all of that. And um, there's no time indication. So he's talking about the seeds that fell on the ground, but over time, you know, the weeds came up. Um, we tend to think of that like immediately, but I mean, that's not true. You could have years and years of, of going to church. And, and I think the big distinction here is this, the knowledge part versus the actual heart change part. Because I mean, I can tell you, there were, there were years where I knew a lot of it, 
Like I knew it, like I could recite back to you a ton of it. Uh, but my life hadn't been changed by any of it. Like I, I could tell you exactly. When we were in youth group, I could tell you how to get saved. <laughs> I, I knew what that was. Yeah. Like I knew that, but that doesn't mean I was saved. Um, there was a ton of, I mean, uh, very, a lot of that. And what's scary and what should be very concerning for a lot of us is that you, there, there could be pastors in a pulpit that are over whole congregations, such as Joshua Harris, that, that, that know a lot of it, but that, I mean, again, through these lenses of what we're looking at for this doctrine, aren't maybe saved. Now, again, like you said, and I think it's a very important thing, you don't know. Like, we're not going to know till we get to heaven. Like, you know, that what we know is this huge public thing of disavowalment, but we might never know the, you know, later on if he ever comes back or, you know, if it's a deathbed sort of confession. I mean, we're not going to know until heaven. And that goes the other way, too. There might be, like, the most hardened, biggest sinner you think you know, and 10 years later you meet them and they're in love with Jesus because they were, they were like, they just, you didn't know them before God got a hold of them. Um, so I think with this doctrine, the, the most important thing to realize is that if he gets you, he's got you. And how are you going to know when he's got somebody? Well, you'll meet him in heaven. Like you'll, you'll see. I mean, that's how you're going to know. There's yeah. no like litmus test. There's no, I mean, there's, there's not like a yellow mark on everybody's back that's going to heaven. So you're, you can be confident in that. It's, uh, it's, you're going to know when you get there that, that he's got you. Yeah. Um, which is, is um, again, goes back to what we've said all over, over and over again. It's like, it just goes back to God's sovereignty that he's in control of all of it. He gets the glory for all of it. You should be immensely thankful for that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it the the whole when when we talk about um Joshua Harris's of the world or whoever it might be at the time and this this happens quite often mm-hmm. to people who aren't famous yeah. in any way. Um but w- when we run across people in our lives who uh we've watched uh, be Christians and do the church thing and the, it's all really sincere. And then all of a sudden, no, 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 I'm not doing this. Um, that could, uh, so if you didn't know me, that was my life, mm-hmm. right? That looked just like me, man. Um, I all like I did everything that you could do that looked churchy and Christiany, you know, the whole time. And, and yet there was a time in my life that because of some bad theology and some stuff that I'd swallowed for a long time and been trying to earn, um, uh, because of that, I got tired. And, and finally I'm like, man, this is crazy. I'm not doing this anymore. I can't do. It. And so then I went kind of nuts for a while. Do I think I was a Christian before that? I do. And the reason that I think that is because um, the spirit, the whole time, right, that I'm running from God, the whole time that I'm tired. Part of the story, by the way. The, the whole time, I like he's just shoving a nail in my back. Like you know, this isn't right. You know the truth. You know, and, and so the whole time, um, I, I had some confused theology, uh, for sure, and that's what kind of caused me to to struggle so much. But 
Um, but I was a Christian, but from an outside point of view, man, it would have been easy to argue the opposite, you know, uh, because here's this boy who, uh, earned the truth, trust, treasure award. Do you remember that junk? Uh, uh, did that whole thing like, uh, and, um, was on the district youth board and uh, all the stuff that all the boxes you could check, they were checked. You played in the worship band too, right? Yeah. all the boxes you could check were checked, right? And um, and then all of a sudden, well, I'm starting to party. And uh, if I have to choose between going to hang out with uh, a few Christian friends or going to this party and draining a liter of vodka and maybe, maybe uh, getting laid, that's what I'm doing, you know? And, and so, man, from a bird's eye view, it, it could certainly look like, yeah, he backslid and he's not a Christian or he was never a Christian. But my own testimony and my own story is why I err on the side of, well, you don't know, <laughs> even with the Joshua Harris's of the world, because yes, we are to um, judge the actions of people uh, for sure. Can we judge a person's heart? No, I don't think you can make that case scripturally. In fact, the opposite is probably made uh, scripturally, but, but we are told to judge one another's actions. So during that time in my life, it would have been perfectly correct for um, believers to address me as if I were a complete and utter unbeliever mm -hmm. with the gospel. Um, and that I think is what we do with Harris. Yeah, and I think that's what we do. So there's lots of times where I get this DM a lot more than I would like, to be honest with you. But that's that's the question that comes up a lot. You know, how do I approach this person? I say you approach that person just like you would anybody else. You approach them with the gospel. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing: you're when you when you approach Christians about uh, like people in your church that are you know also doing things that are against. You're approaching them with the gospel. You're literally you're supposed to approach everyone with the gospel, including yourself. Preach the gospel to yourself every day because you're yeah. going to need it too. Um, so do you act differently? I mean, I, I would say you, 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 you interact with somebody that's quote unquote fallen away from the faith, just like you would with everybody else. I mean, you just, you preach the gospel to them. You're, you're, you're living the gospel out in front of them and you're praying that God, like, I don't know who you've elected. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's my friend over here. I'm hoping it's whoever yeah. this is, but you're the one that's in control of it. But I'm going to act like everybody I come in contact with is elect. So I'm going to preach to them. I'm going to show them the gospel. I'm going to tell them about who you are. I'm going to live that in front of them. And I'm going to, again, this is where it all comes back to me. I'm going to trust that you're sovereign over it all anyway. Yeah. So whatever I do, you're going to get the glory for it. However I interact with them, I'm trusting that your, your glory is going to show through it and, and bring them back maybe back <laughs> yeah i actually so i know i bring up john MacArthur some and and i know that he's incredibly controversial a lot and but i love i love what he said um when someone who was clearly arminian questioned him on this and was like well why evangelize if God has elected everyone and it's already in the books, why do it? What's the point? And MacArthur just looked at him and said, because God tells us to. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, 
that's true. Like the stuff it doesn't always have to make sense to us. I think that's, that's where we go wrong a lot of times is we think, okay, well, if I can't make sense of it, it can't be real. I mean, did he part the Red Sea? I mean, I don't know. How did he do that? So uh, like, did, he, did he create everything out of nothing? Unless you're Mormon, yes. How did he do that? So, I mean, I don't know. I, it's this, this in particular, bringing us back to this, this idea. I, it, it is, um, I can now say, honestly, because of our background and because of the churches that we grew up in, my biggest struggle in this life and probably will be until I die is am I even a Christian because of this or that or the other thing that I've done now? Am I, you know, I, I struggle with that um, from time to time. And it just goes back to, I feel like I have to earn it all the time. I feel like I have to, and then I'll go through seasons where I, I'm working really hard and trying to earn everything and trying to make God love me. And then I, and then I kind of calm down and go, you know what? I know what the scripture says. I know that God loves me despite me. I know that all these things are true because here they are. They're written right here. They're, they're here for me to read and know uh, in my heart. And um, so I, then I get back to, okay, this is grace. It's not like I worked for this, right? So that no man may boast, the Bible says. So Here are my filthy rags. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I think erring on the side of caution and, and, you know, there is a certain point where you, even if someone claims that they're Christians, uh, I have acquaintances, people that I'm related to, perhaps, um, that, that would say that they're Christians. And yet, they live these lives that make me go, I don't know, you know. And bottom line, if... I think the best advice that I know to give to someone who asks the question that you're talking about being DM'd about, if if a person acts and lives like a non-Christian, whether they claim it or not, you treat them like they're acting. Mm -hmm. you, you, and, and that doesn't mean you go, well, you're not in, you know? It, it just means that you you treat them in, in such a way, and you even your expectations of them become look, I'm not surprised that you did this because of how you're living. And, and you know, um, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. And you know what you're going to have to tell believers and brothers and sisters who are obviously brothers and sisters? This is Jesus. This is Jesus. This is Je It's the same exact message, mm -hmm. right? It, and, it, and it always will be. Like, I have to hear the gospel regularly because of what I've just been talking about. Like my heart constantly wants to be geared back toward you're not working hard enough, or I can't believe you just made this mistake. So I have to hear the gospel over and over again and kind of re-believe it, it moment by moment almost. And so. And remember, uh, yeah, just give it to him, trust in him, yeah. <clears throat> understand uh, it's all him anyway. So Yeah. Yeah. Any ending point here, my friend? You want to you give us a, a fire sermon again and we can end it? <laughs> a fire sermon. That we should talk about hell at some point. Um, hey. uh, so I, I just, so this is the last episode of the month. Mm -hmm. We've talked about total depravity. 
unconditional election, definite atonement, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and now today the perseverance of the saints. And I just want to leave the whole month on this note. If you don't believe that any of that is accurate biblically, we can still hang out and love each other and have this discussion. And I'll see you in heaven if you're a Christian, regardless of your theology. So there you go. Yeah. All right. That's good. Excellent. Good deal. Good points. Thank you. Um, I, I, I'm going to say this, even though obviously this hasn't happened yet, but when you see this, it might have happened already. Thank you for the DMs. Thank you for the, <laughs> for the comments, uh, whatever they were. Appreciate it. Uh, also, as of the recording of this, we have not reached our 10, uh, our 10 ratings yet, so I don't have to do the scissor yet. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> whenever we reach the 10, I'll do the scissor. Um, but we did go up by two from the last time we recorded. So we're almost, I forget, I think we're like at six or something. So <laughs> we're at, right. you look so, you look so disappointed that that hasn't I'm going to, I'm going to talk to some people I know. <laughs> okay. 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 We're gonna, look, this is, this is, look, I don't believe in tarot cards, but this is in the cards, bro. This is happening. <laughs> nice. All right. All right. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next month. Um, uh, we'll tell you what we're talking about next month at some point. <laughs> yeah, whenever we find out. Later. Later.